Cryptocurrent crew, we have some really exciting news for you today. So we recently partnered with Blocks Live TV to bring you CCTV, which is a 24-hour cryptocurrency and blockchain news delivered straight to you. So if you go to our homepage of our website, or if you go to the tab called CCTV, you can go and watch and stream right now, which is brand new content being delivered to you daily. When you have a moment, please go and check it out. And now for today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent, your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I got a very special guest who just dropped a book on entrepreneurship. And so for all the crypto and entrepreneurial leaders out there and, and just wanting to learn more about everything that's happening in the technical space, man, we have a special guest. His name is Sean Livermore. He just dropped uh, an amazing book that goes specifically into seeing how you can learn from all the various lessons that he's had in his over 20 years of experience. His, his catch line is to help everyone think, speak, and create like a tech genius. So again, Sean, thank you for joining us today. Richard, thanks for having me, man. We're going to dive into talking about your book, Average Joe, that just dropped. I believe it's already been an Amazon bestseller. Uh, pretty amazing stuff. Really looking forward to, to diving into this and learn a little bit more about all of the various things that you talk about within the book. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, let's do it, man. For sure. Well, before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us some background. I'm born and raised in Southern California. Love technology, running a small software consulting firm called Product Perfect here. And you can look us up at productperfect.com. I have two daughters and happily married and excited about writing and technology and consulting and building software. Yeah. Awesome. Well, tell us a little about of how you got to writing this book. What made you want to sit down, write this out and, and help aspiring tech leaders and entrepreneurs to, to help them along their journey? You know, I just saw a lot of disruptable space in the tech, in and around the tech industry. I, I felt like these no-code solutions that are out there, you know, everything is very pseudo-tech for non-professional technologists. And learning software development, learning how to enter the tech industry typically has a, a fairly rigorous uphill slope. And trying to mitigate that effort with encouraging and inspiring moments along the journey, I think Average Joe truly does pierce the veil of the uh, fear and anxiety around, can I do this? Can I become a technology professional? And for those in the industry, I've been on that side of it. 20 years and seen and pitched over 130 times to investors. And I know I've raised uh, six rounds of funding. So I know how that side works as well. And the amount of ridiculous pride and ego and, and insecurity and, and all the peripheral noise is, is deafening. And so I wanted to really settle the dust and, and lay out a systematic way that anyone can do this. Anyone can become what we consider a tech genius. That's awesome. And I mean, that's very relevant and especially for people in the crypto and blockchain space. One, if you're just trying to learn more about what's going on, but even if you have your own ambition of creating your own 
business or company, and a lot of our listeners actually are running their own crypto businesses. What are some of the like good, like solid takeaways of like, who is your ideal person to come and, and pick this up? And like, what are the, the, the big takeaways they would get from reading Average Joe? Sure. Anyone in or around the tech industry could read this book. It, it requires no experience with software development. Uh, you may hear a few buzzwords in there, but it really is designed so that grandma could read the book. And it does touch on crypto. Chapter eight, we go deep into the Bitcoin story and how that dovetails into the idea of a contrarian. But takeaways, uh, number one is that there is no such thing as a tech genius. It's just a myth, but you can become the myth, right? So it's a little bit of an inversion on the paradigm there. It's like, oh, it's not real, but it kind of is real. And yeah, you know, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Loch Ness Monster, all that stuff. That's just fake. But uh, no, actually, you can become Bigfoot yourself. And I think there is more of a procedural nature to raising funds for your startup. There is a, a formulaic response that investors don't even know that you're hitting them with it, right? But you are literally practicing a craft instead of waving your magic wand, instead of spreading your magic dust, you are systematically moving through the steps of what you have spent so many years to learn. And the, that process is the point of the book, is to take someone from a 20-year journey to get there to down to two years, to say you can actually become that very quickly. If you do it this way, if you do it in this very specific recipe, you can get there. And that's the takeaway. That's awesome. Well, as we dive into that a little bit, you know, first I want to go back to chapter eight. You talk specifically about Satoshi Nakamoto. Now, what was your first introduction into the crypto space? And then like from that like moment, what made it so important to you that you wanted to include that in, in your book? So in 2010, I think, 29, uh, no, 2010, I had my finger on the button on my BlackBerry, hello, uh, to purchase uh, $300 worth of Bitcoin. I think it was like four bucks or something. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So, but I had just, failed at my my one startup and and I was mentally preparing to jump into a new venture and I had lost my confidence and so I thought now people think I'm an idiot or they'll say you lost more money on something you know so I I don't know why I didn't but I should have done it but I think it was like uh what's that carry the one I think you know millions of dollars right but the haunting of that um, met with my curiosity as I studied for the book and, be, and we had a research research team helping me and I learned about Satoshi Nakamoto and I learned about 2008 Halloween night. You know, he, he posts this, this uh, anonymous cryptography message board thread and in sort of a full moon moment, you know, he, he just kind of mysteriously entered the scene and, and it really fit the bill of what I was trying to communicate about Jeff Bezos and some of these other prominent tech figures of, of this contrarian mindset, you know, the the ability to look at an industry and just say, I'm going to bulldoze you, right? I'm literally going to take you over. I'm going to take you down. You know, they call it the Bezos look when he just kind of glances at the pharmaceutical industry and then stocks just tank, you know, it, it's an amazing power that he has. But him aside, there's a lot of other figures. They just have this contrarian belief mode, the CBM, I call it, this ability to uh, invoke a unknowable force of, of will. And then they backfill the force of will with real knowledge and real data and real power, and they overcome. And Nakamoto was a perfect example of that. You know, he looked at the 
the global financial institutions any and he gave it the finger, you know, he just said, screw you, I'm going to build this. And based on the few forensic moments that we have in the code and other articles, we really, we, we see his personality leak out in a few places, not much, but just a few places where he criticizes uh, the, the bank bailouts, you know. And it's interesting to kind of see some of those old, those old posts that we include in the book. We kind of dissect them a little bit and, you know. We talk about the Papa John's, the $94 million Papa John's pizza, 10,000 Bitcoin. I think it was probably a hundred and something million in today's value. But anyway, it, it was an inspiring story that, that really codified and personified this contrarian mindset. So let's expand on, on the contrarian mindset because I, I agree. Like the, the fact that you have a disruptor like cryptocurrency, so a true disruptor of how money is, is, is perceived and used, right? What do you find in these, I want to say founders are, are these people that are leading the charge in, in newer technologies? How does them starting that or having that belief then help them with their business or whatever it is that they're ultimately trying to achieve? Well, I think being a leader in anything, right, on the, on the bell curve of early adopters is to your benefit, the narrowness of your focus and having that bleeding edge technical prowess is very valuable. Investors like it. You got to break the rules. You got to bend your paradigm so you can get there faster. So I think in so many tangible and intangible ways, you do yourself a favor by knowing all the new stuff. But I really think the more important question is, what rules do you have to break? What, what lines do you have to cross? And, and when I say, uh, you know, rules to break, uh, good trouble is, a, is um, the wonderful senator's phrase. I, I'm just trying to think of great examples of that. But I, I, I remember Richard Branson's famous quote, you don't learn to walk by following the rules, right? So you have to find your way in spite of existing structures. What does that look like? Well, it depends. If you're in agriculture technology, it looks one way. If, if you're in finance and fintech, it looks very different. We do though know that structures are meant to manipulate and push us into their box, whoever owns the structure, right? So game theory and all these, you know, power struggles, and you can go anywhere with this dialogue, but it's, it's really important to know what structure you're working in and what operating system you're contained within so that you can know how to pierce the veil and poke through it and get out of that bubble, you know? We want to give a quick shout out to our platinum sponsor, Emirate, where you can become part of the world's fastest growing IoT wireless network. You can earn up to $25 or more a month by getting a free cool spot today. What is a cool spot, you may ask? Well, it's just like a Wi-Fi hotspot that you use to connect your devices, except you earn Helium HNT every time it is used. How can you earn from this? HNT is your reward for hosting and being an active, valuable participant in the Helium network. How secure is your cool spot? It has end-to-end -end encryption and it is used to secure your device and to ensure your privacy on multiple layers. Go to our show notes or go to our website to click the link to get your cool spot delivered to you for free today. A lot of reasons that entrepreneurs get into any space period is they identify a problem and they want to go and fix it, or they, they see an opportunity and they, they go all in and they, and they want to address this one thing. So to all the people who are like, I try to identify, have identified a problem and they're like, all right, I want to go pursue this thing. I want to disrupt. What have you found to be some of the best ways or first steps to take either mentally just to be like, okay, I'm just going to go for it. Or like, all right, you've gone for it. Now, like next steps of 
here are some first things I can start doing to make sure that I'm moving towards actually solving this thing? I think the most important thing that I've learned is not intelligence. In chapter two, we talk about how intelligence is not the thing. It's a thing, but it's not the thing. It's not creativity because you can learn how to be creative. You can learn how to improve your creativity. In chapter three, we talk about that. We introduce a new ideation approach and how to do that for anyone. But it's, it's really proximity. It's really proximity because if you're proximal to people who are going places faster than you are and know things you don't know, you get to ride in their jet stream and you are a part of that glow, that halo effect extends to you. And I think being proximal to, and Zoom makes it a little weird, but being in the room, quote unquote, with the right folk, that is your secret weapon because it's not about who you know, it's about who knows you. And on top of that, it's not about who knows you, it's who likes you. Who wants to be around you? Who wants to hear your voice? And that's not easily achieved, right? It takes, you got to go through a lot of buddies on your tech buddy list to, to get it down, distill it down to a core set of tech buddies that you could see yourself hanging out with for a very long period of time, building something very important, handling money and building a company and building a team, you know? So I think proximity really. Something I want to add to that, it just with proximity and, and something else you brought up is like, it's, it's not about who you know, it's who knows you. Something I really enjoy about the crypto community is that we are very outgoing. We are very, in the sense of welcoming of, hey, you want to learn about a thing, we'll tell you, here's, here are the next steps, here's ways that you can do X, Y, Z. Living in a COVID world, living in an international world, as big as the crypto community is and are, find your communities that you can be involved with and ask questions, engage, and find someone that you can learn from. Do you have any advice or suggestions on like, what are some good ways to get in proximity of, of the people or the, the places that you want to be? Like, what are some good steps to, to get that done? I think it's a huge question. In the age of COVID, I'll say in two answers. One is today with COVID rampant, right? Spiking and everything, everyone's freaking out. And then two is tomorrow when we're all vaccinated, feeling good, going places again. Right. Today, I think joining onto these online sessions and chatting, being a part of that is probably as good as it's going to get. You could show up to some of these things with a mask on, but no one's, you know, it's stay away. <laughs> it's just not a good thing. So I think now is the time for preparation. Now is the time to build that personal portfolio website, to, to get your brand out there, to know who you are online, SEO, ranked, all that good stuff. Number two, and separately, I, I think showing up at these events, you know, you may think, oh, it's a total waste of my time. I'm an introvert. I'm a developer. I'm a technology professional. Don't bother me with actual talking heads. You know, people, you want me to go around people? Oh my gosh, what a waste of my time. No, actually, it's, it's really powerful and it's, it's an exponentially valuable use of your time because you have to look at their whole spectrum of knowledge and, and that you have gaps in your world and they can fill in every one, almost every one of your gaps if you just know what questions to ask the right people, right? So you may spend two years trying to, yeah, go ahead. Let's stay on that real quick because I believe that's really important too is, is asking good questions. So I feel just through the interviews I've been able to do and being in certain rooms, you learn that the, the people that are listening, but then like to steer the conversation a certain way, ask really good questions and ask and harp on certain things. What are some ways that people can learn and start figuring out asking better questions and asking the questions that are going to ultimately help them learn, but also get them in better positions to be seen as someone who is forward thinking? I think outcome-based conversation is important. When you're walking up to folks and you don't know exactly how to work that room, 
not everyone's a sales and marketing person with perfect teeth, you know, and, and not everyone has the right way. Some of us just feel awkward, right? And, and that's to our benefit because we're all up in our heads building amazing technology, right? So we can't be good at everything. But I think knowing in advance, what outcome are you looking for? Do you just want them to like you? Or do you want them to give your contact information or, or collaborate? Or, or do you just want to ask them a question? Or do you want to just get another donut from the, from the refreshment table? So know what you're after. And then I think too is be open-minded. I'm certain that half of all the contacts I've ever made were by accident or through another tangential or transitive kind of A plus B equals C moment. You really don't know what, who your next co-founder is, right? So it could be some guy in the corner. You have no idea. You just have to meet as many people as you have time for. And I think the sustainable mystique triad in chapter 11 really ties into this because I teach in the book how anyone can communicate. It's hard to communicate. Even doing this is really hard, right? I got to coach myself and talk myself into it. But learning how to string together a series of thought that someone can consume from their world, right? From all that's going on up in here is difficult for tech professionals. Bitcoin, try explaining Bitcoin to people, right? Y'all know, everyone who's listening to me is like, oh God, yeah, that's true. Try then going into the multiple facets of the other versions of crypto. And they're already lost. They're like, uh, okay, I think it's some sort of crypto something. That's it. They're not getting anything else you say. They're gone. They're lost. They've shut off. But the sustainable mystique tread allows you to have a narrow focus working on an interesting problem with articulate speech using certain speech paradigms. And anyone can learn this triangle and anyone can apply it in conversation, in pitching to investors, in talking to friends and family and explaining to your wife what you worked on today. I mean, there, there's just so many use cases or husband, sorry, so many use cases for that. But I, I think that staying very narrowly focused on solving a very interesting problem and using just the right, just like a pitch, when you pitch to investors, you practice that over and over and over. So when you explain your work to people, it needs to be a pitch, right? Yeah. Always be selling ABS, right? You, you're just, you, your persona has to be codified and, and crystallized in as few words as possible with the most potency as humanly possible so that they remember Richard Carthen and they say, you know what, that guy knew this one thing with this one issue and I will never forget the conversation we had. He was so articulate. That was the most articulate person I've ever talked to. And they're the number one person on their list when they go to start a company or hire an architect or developer or whatever you might be doing, right? Agreed. I've had this conversation with multiple founders and one of the challenges that they have is effective communication. and like. You have all of this just knowledge and like go, go, go execution like in your brain, but it's then hard to conceptualize it in such a way that you can get someone else to pick it up and start working with you. And one of the things I've really enjoyed through CryptoCurrent is really refining my communication skills and be able to refine what some people come on the show and say that are really complicated and then trying to like stream it back, like un unpack it so where any and everyone can understand like what's going on. To that fact and to that matter, you know, one of the other subjects that I know you, you talked really well on is being able to effectively fundraise. And I also have gone through that with my own startups and it's a very, very challenging thing to do. What are some good action items or good steps that people that are listening can actively be doing if they're trying to fundraise right now for their own startups? Fundraising is huge. Ray Rothrock, I'll read this quote, good entrepreneurs can bust through walls, they can climb mountains, they can do whatever it takes. He's a venture capitalist. This other quote comes from a, a very famous venture capitalist, Tim Draper. 
it says uh, entrepreneurs are building a groundswell. They're magicians. They essentially create something out of nothing, right? That's a lot of pressure. How do you live up to that? And yet they expect that out of us, right? And I think there's two roads you, you come to. There's fork in the road. On the left, you have, I must be a magician. I must be a magic maker. I must be a miracle worker. Be mysterious. How do I be mysterious? Well, I don't even know, barely know what I'm doing here. On the right is continue to work your craft, continue to become an expert and learn how to get to that level of mastery over craft, right? And then get in the right rooms and learn how to communicate well. Well, that, well that's the path that I'd like to take because the magic dust, it, it eventually is a binary question is, am I a, um, a magician? Am I a genius or am I not? And on my best day, even on my best day, I do not feel like a magician. I do not feel like a genius. I might have a good IQ. Who knows? I, I don't even, you know, my wife's vocabulary is better than mine. I'm, I'm, I'm learning every day how much I don't know. But if I work my craft and I focus very narrowly in a groove and I put myself in the right room with the right people and I narrowly focus on one specific project, solving one problem for a very finite group of people, I can raise money on that. And if I can raise around a seed round, then... There's a one out of 10 chance you could probably raise a round A and move on. And once you raise a round A, certainly there are all the statistics that'll work against you, but you're way farther ahead than where you were way back there. So I feel like that mental model of not trying to be what the venture capitalists look for, but being what works and what actually builds a business. And they'll tag along. They'll, they'll ride your coattails. You just have to convince them that it's a little more sweat equity than it is magic dust. Yeah. And I think that's important to have a vision and also be able to know that you're going to pivot. You're going to keep learning and adjusting, but to narrow your focus and to like lock in on a thing that you really, really want. Just speaking to to CryptoCurrent, you know, as as y'all know, this is my own podcast, my own startup, doing, doing whatever. What's been great has been narrowing the focus and getting really great thought leaders to come on and share and to teach me, right? So by teaching me, I'm also being able to teach others and I'm able to take what I've learned from multiple conversations and then regurgitate it back to other people in a very refined way that makes sense. And so for everyone listening, you know, what I think has been great about Sean being on today and, and just a lot of the other speakers that, that come on, we, we talk to the entrepreneurial spirits out there and for everyone that's listening and, and trying to find ways to give you action items on things that you can do today to spark curiosity but then to be able to execute and act on them. What's really great about what's going on with Sean and everything that he has going on with his book, The Average Joe, he's giving you those action items, those next steps so that you can continue to grow your own business, your own startup and take the 20 years, like you said, the 20 years of information that he's, that he's been able to accumulate and then give it to you in such a way that you can do it in two, right? And I think that is extremely powerful. And I think it'd be really cool to go check it out and to get some of those takeaways so that you can continue to progress and just move that much faster by being with the thought leaders that we are bringing on this show because it is extremely powerful to get this knowledge and to then use it and and keep growing. Awesome. Thank you, Richard. It was a lot of fun. And on that note, you know, I know that you've spoken to a ton of people and the kind of last segment that I want to kind of speak on is you've had the opportunity to meet a lot of amazing people throughout your career. Do you have any memorable conversations with people? And like, what were some of the, the big like nuggets that you're able to snag from those conversations? Gosh, I remember in Techstars uh, Accelerator, like Y Combinator, but if you haven't heard of it, we were pitching. I remember there was my buddy, Jeremy, 
runs a company uh, I think is they raised like fifty million dollars or something in the round B. Anyway, he was in the in the program and he didn't have a pitch deck ready. It wasn't kind of going well. And uh, you know, I thought, oh gosh, well, my pitch is gonna blow his out of the water. You know, he's not even ready. And so I hustled and I hired an animator and I got this great PowerPoint going. It was just beautiful, you know, the the spectacular, the messaging. I felt the fonts were perfect. Come demo day, uh, yeah, they didn't pitch. He was gone. Nobody knew it. I was like, oh, he must have flaked out. Come to find out, he was he was uh, pitching to venture capitalists before the program was even over. He raised like $5 million before anyone else had done pitching. And he's sitting in the back smiling, you know. I didn't, I didn't get to raise millions of dollars. It didn't work out on that, on that round, on that program and that project. We raised a lot of seed money, but it didn't go around A. And now I think, you know, they're, they're valuing the company at ridiculous data robot. Yeah, the company is a great company. He's a great guy, a brilliant man and team, a wonderful, wonderful guys. Can't say enough good things about him, but it just blows my mind. You, you don't know, you just don't know. And it's not about the velocity. It's about aim and calibration. And I remember talking to the CEO and founder of Rackspace, billionaire, owns half of Texas, it seems. I don't know. He's a nice guy. And we were talking about startups and he had some interesting thoughts. I, I, gosh, I wish I could remember everything he said, but there's a value in people, I think, that he had. And I appreciated that about him. And I'm trying to think of who else. Morgan supersized me. Uh, my buddy Morgan I had some interesting thoughts on tech space and yeah, I'm sorry. I, I don't have any other on the top of my head, but I'm, I'm honored and, and humbled to just be in the industry and, and proximity. Right. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what would happen if I joined TechStars, but I did it. And from that spawned all these other relationships and friendships and, and learning and, and thoughts and ideas that sparked and one thing leads to another and everything we do in life, I believe is very transitive Transitive property of congruence, you know, is A to B and B to C. So A is equal to C or whatever. So, but there's this transitive nature to, to everything we do and the unknowable, the unknown unknowns. It's like, you just have to get outside of that, that bubble, that home office, you know, post COVID, I hope, but you got to get on Zoom. You got, you got to continue to engage with people and, and carve it out into your schedule because that. 10% or 20% of your schedule that you carve out will save you decades of your life going down the wrong roads because other people are meant to help you craft that, that master plan. No doubt. Thank you for sharing some of those conversations and the importance of being able to network with these, these amazing people, but then have takeaways that you can then go act on. I know that my very first startup I was in, I used to go to like networking events to try to just get a nugget or two that would just get me out of my funk. It would, something would click in my head and then I would have enough energy or whatever to like go another month strong, another quarter strong, like with the next thing. And then just keep on finding that next piece, that next element to then go and continue the good work that you're doing. But again, Sean, uh, appreciate the time that you've been able to spend with us. What is the final thought that you want to leave with all of our listeners here today? Final thought is, is hype and hustle completely should dissipate. And all of your energy and focus should not be in the calories you're burning, but the calibrated aim of your work. And so if you can strip out all the energy, oh, I'm really excited about this thing, crypto and blah, blah. Well, that's great. Just a silence. Shh, get down to quiet. Write it in, in three sentences and send it in an email. Is it still exciting? Right? 
get, just completely remove all the energy, all the color from the canvas. And in black and white terms on a canvas, show me the value of it, what you're working on. And if you have to take a real critical eye to everything you invest time into, I mean, you really have to scrutinize your own work. So I, I don't know. Final thought, just chew on that. You might be going in the wrong direction. That should keep you up at night, right? And how do you mitigate that? There's a lot of tools, but you, you apply every possible tool to curb the efforts you're pouring into your startup, curb it. And, and if the sooner, the sooner you come to a realization that it's not quite calibrated right, the sooner you can back the car up and go the right direction. Doesn't mean you start over. Doesn't mean all is lost. Nothing is lost. You know, everything is additive. Everything continues to pile up and experientially you progress. But, but definitely check yourself often. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I make sure that I'm constantly doing is at the end of the month, kind of reflecting and looking at all the things that like went well, what didn't, and what is serving the, the, the vision and the goals that I have, have in place. And I think that's what you just said, puts a good bow on just constantly reflecting on like where I am, does this serve me? And what should I be actively moving towards that I say that I want? And like, is that goal even still the same? Has it changed? Is where you're aiming need to go in a different direction? And that's fine. You just have to sit down to think about it. So I really think it's a great final thought to leave with everyone here today. Everyone listening, I know this is a little bit of a different conversation that we typically have, but I hope you found it extremely impactful. It's always good to get another perspective, another thing to be thinking very heavily on. So again, Sean, thank you for, for coming and sharing this information. What are some ways that people can connect with you and learn a little bit more about what you have going on? Thanks, Rich. Yeah. AverageJoeTechGenius.com is the book website. ProductPerfect.com is our software company. You can follow me on Twitter, Shawnee Pants, and that's it. Well, again, Sean, thank you so much for your time today. And for everyone listening, stay Cryptocurrent. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey, and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from OMS21. Exciting info on crypto and what's going on in the industry. Love the energy Richard brings with the guests. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey, Cryptocurrent Crew, you asked and we delivered. We have received multiple requests for access to cool crypto and blockchain projects that you could use immediately. Well, we have recently launched our partnerships page. If you go to our website and go to the partnerships tab, you'll be able to see multiple companies that have partnered with us to not only give you access to the cool products that they have to offer, but then also give you cool discounts to get started today. So please go to our website, go to the partnerships tab and check out the various partners that we have today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.com. Co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. 
I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Carthon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay cryptocurrent.